یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں Hello everybody and welcome to episode 77 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan 77. What what I can't I can't believe it these days uh Karan but of course number 77 is a special one uh because our boy Luca wears that number. Of our many sons in the NBA. One of our many sons indeed. Um yeah so I'm not going to bother looking at what happened in the 1977 uh, final. I'm not even going to bother looking at any other number 77s that may or may not have existed because this is luca this is look episode number luca and it's going to be as special as um, as donchich is well episode number i mean i remember off the top of my head what happened in 97 final 77 finals and it's sort of a precursor to the playoffs because that was the one year the trail blazers won a championship absolutely Walton. so um you know if there's any sort of hoop darshan blessing maybe portland will you know steal a game or two maybe maybe <laughs> Um yeah we 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 have to talk a little bit about uh, the playoffs and the, and the epic second round that there was but we we'll probably leave that to the last section of the podcast but um before we get to our middle section or the sec the special guest section Karan um, there's not much happening in the world of uh, Indian basketball but there's this youth nationals that's going to start soon oh uh, they start today so we are recording this on May 14 uh and the youth nationals have started in Coimbatore in Tamil Nadu today they're going to go up till May 21st um and the only other thing to look forward to is that i think um around the end of this month india's men and women's teams are uh, national uh, senior teams they're going to um uh, china to play in the fiba asia 3 on 3 uh asia championship so that's a pretty big deal uh, the indian team men's team will be led by our brand new coach he's here now veselan mate he's in india so um uh, this will be his first he's basically been he landed Two days ago, got sent straight to Coimbatore, and within a, a week or so, we'll have to basically get a team ready when the country doesn't know and play an international tournament. There could be nothing more Indian than all this, right? Absolutely, uh, I'm not at all surprised. And uh, I read your interview, Karan. And for those listeners who haven't um, already read read it, you must read uh, Karan's latest article, which is an interview with a new Indian men's team coach. Um, yeah, he, he seems like a great guy. Seems like he's he's you know fully aware of what he's getting into and sort of embraces that challenge so um yeah yeah that awareness is very important because i i hated when um when someone comes from outside with different expectations i think i think the most successful coaches and we will get to one of them very soon the most successful coaches are the ones who basically know what to expect and then make the most of the situation you know exactly exactly and speaking of one uh, one such coach and i know you teased this a couple of seconds ago karan our special guest today is is a very very special person the first ever person to have been a guest on hoop session all the way back in episode 1 how many ever years ago uh, i don't even know we were children then kaushik we, we were just young pups we were definitely young children we were children that still loved butter chicken Uh, but but the, we were children that had never seen an indian get drafted to the nba we had never seen um the the wonder of oh no we probably had seen the wonder of wuhan by then uh, yes. yeah so it's so far it's so far back that i don't really remember anything what is what is time as uh, 
as Kyrie Irving would say. As Kyrie Irving would say. <laughs> well, our, um, to answer that and many other interesting questions, we will have our special guest coach, Scott Fleming, who was arguably Indian basketball's most successful coach, I would say, international coach, and uh, returned to India after taking some time off uh, to work with NBA India. And after being here for, for a year or so, he's finally given us some time to return on Hoop Darshan. We've been sort of setting this up for a long time, for many months. We've been talking back and forth. So um, I'm really excited. And uh, let's get ready to talk to Coach Fleming now. So I'm excited to introduce Coach Scott Fleming back on Hoop Darshan. Welcome back, Coach. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm in L.A. right now. Have my cup of coffee, starting off a new day, and enjoy being with, with all of you in India. So, so j- just want to make everyone, you know, don't worry, Coach isn't left India. He's, he's just taking a little break. He'll be back soon. Um, Co- coach Scott Fleming was, of course, our very first guest on Hoop Darshan, which was a lifetime ago. Um, and now he's making his triumphant comeback. You know, we all know him as somebody who led India to so many historic victories as head coach. Um, and he also made a comeback to, to India with the NBA India. Uh, he worked with operations. And now I think, Coach... You are specifically overlooking the talent at the NBA India Academy in Greater Noida. Yes, I'm back on the court, which, uh, you know, I really enjoyed my job. I got to see a lot of India uh, doing grassroots basketball. And, and uh, I don't regret at all my, my last year and a half in that job. But when this position opened up for me to have a chance to get back on the court and coach and develop these young boys and girls that come in for the academy camp, um, you know, that was something I had a lot of interest in, and it, it all kind of worked out well. So, um, what is the new role exactly that, that you've started with the NBA Academy? Yeah, so the role is actually called the technical director of the okay. NBA Academy. So, okay. it, it's really where I'm kind of the athletic director and head basketball coach at the same time for the Academy. So, I'll kind of oversee a lot of the things uh, administratively. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Mark Puss, who uh, who worked with us in BOPS, will kind of slide into my old position. Mm-hmm. So we'll work together uh, in different roles. Uh, but I'll also serve as the head coach with uh, uh, Ron Cass under me as the player development coach, Todd Gates, the strength and conditioning coach, and Shiv Kumar is our operational uh, coach. So. Okay. So... Coach, you mentioned that you know you really enjoyed um, sort of traveling around India and um, th- that aspect of the job. So I would like you to rank. Uh, I'm going to give you three reasons. I would like you to rank which, which of the three were the more is most this, important. Is this going to end up with butter chicken? Is the is let the me finish. <laughs> <laughs> let me finish the question, please, Coach. Okay. <laughs> uh, you yeah, it, it might. So uh, I would like to know the three top reasons why you returned to India. Uh, because you love India basketball, because you love traveling in India, or is it got to do completely with butter chicken? <laughs> well, butter chicken's on the list, but it's not number one. Um, you know, a, a long oh. time ago, uh, a good friend of mine was sharing, and I heard him say these words, you ought to do what you do best and go where it's needed most. And that's kind of stuck with me uh, through the years. And that was where really a big reason why I came to India the first time to be the national coach. And I went back to the U.S. thinking my days, at least living in India, were over. I took a university job in the U.S. And uh, kind of out of the blue, the NBA called and asked me to come back in this director's position. <clears throat> at the time, I, I pretty much said no. Um, mm. 
because I'd only been there two years with this college, I'm I'm very loyal, and I, I felt like I was building a program, and it was too soon to leave. But mm -hmm. the, the more I <clears throat> thought about it, and uh, I talked to my wife and my kids, uh, my assistant coach that I had there was ready to be a head coach. That, that was a big part of it. Okay. And so I looked at maybe I was the transition guy in that college program, and my calling is to come back to India, mm -hmm. and this time with the this time with the NBA. And so that's where it all kind of came down to. And so here I am, my second stint. I'm now um, almost officially Indian. I've been here four years now. <laughs> and, what would uh, you say is the most Indian thing you've done? That, 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 like, that was a turning point for you when you realized, like, okay, I, I get this country now. Well, you know, people used to ask me uh, when I first came what India was like. Mm -hmm. And the best way I could answer that was every day, I see something I've never seen before. Yeah, and and so it, it's kind of a lot of things. But I, I think, um, you know, I was in Rajasthan at one point and had the meals down there. You probably can tell me all what those are called. But with the with the we're, we're sitting on the floor and all the plates around us and you know that kind of stuck out in my mind. Certainly, just the people. You know, I traveled around and to all the size centers with the youth players, not only the senior players and. And, um, you know, ate with them every meal in the dining areas and certainly learned to eat Indian food. And I, and I really love most of it and I can mm -hmm. take the spices. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there's one thing, I think it's just a gradual appreciation for it all. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I tell people all the time, I have no regrets the first time and, and none this time. I, I can't imagine my life without India in it, to be honest with you. That's awesome to hear coach. Um, and now you have this new role with the academy, and the academy didn't exist. I think the last time when you left India, um, and it's and it's grown so much even within the, the what a year, year and a half that you've been back, right? Uh, yeah. What would you say has been the most encouraging thing about the growth of the academy so far? Well, you know, one side story on that. All the time, you know, I talk to Am Jod and Amrit Paul and those guys all the time. They're always mad at me because we didn't have an academy when they were young, you know, yeah. growing up. <laughs> and because I think it would have made a huge difference uh, yes. for, for those type of players. So if you can imagine, these are young boys coming in, you know, 13, 14 years old. And we haven't even seen the fruition of it yet because <clears throat> we've only been two years in existence. Mm. But we've already already seen huge changes in the players, not only um, from a playing standpoint, but, you know, just helping them to grow as men and to take responsibility and to, to, to find out what it's like to be on a team almost all year round. And so they're becoming better students, better players, I think better human beings, because it's a, it's a holistic approach. We're not just teaching them drills. You know, there'll be many sessions. Uh, we have a psychologist on staff. Uh, we have a, a team doctor, we have tutors for them in, in their academics. And so this is a really holistic approach. And not only is our goal to get them into colleges, uh, national team, pro teams, the, the ultimate goal is to get a, you know, an NBA player out of it. But we've committed ourselves to also pay for their education, even if they don't go on to play basketball in college in India. And so, you know, we don't want to just bring them in give them two or three years of this and kind of dump them out there. We we want to make sure that the story is finished and they become college graduates and they're better people because they came to the academy. 
That's it's amazing, Coach. Uh, and I want to talk to you a little bit specifically on uh, on one thing that you mentioned, which is uh, there you're starting to see a change in in the type of players that are coming in. So we'll we'll park the topics about you know the the students and uh, and the men that they're becoming, but specifically in terms of types of players. Um, and I, I want to also sort of bring in a point where. Uh, through through this last couple of years, we've seen uh, an Indian finally get drafted by a, an NBA team. Satnam obviously didn't get to play much, but he did get drafted. It was a monumental uh, piece of you know Indian basketball history. And since then, uh, since then, Amjot's played for the G League. Um, and maybe maybe it's because these two guys uh, were among the better players. Uh, the Indian system has sort of produced in in recent times, or maybe. It's the NBA looking for a certain type of player uh, coming from India. So, do you think there's um, there's anything to that? Are they, are, is the NBA, in your opinion, sort of looking for certain skill sets from Indian players, or are they are they just trying to look for like the best ones coming out? Well, I, I think a, a little of both. I you know they're always trying to to better their team and get the best players they can. I, I think there is some attraction for um, some of the teams to bring in not only just Indian players but international players. Uh, especially at the G League level, where they have <clears throat> so many nationalities that are supporting that team and, and all that. And, and, and certainly, we, we always can go back to the whole thing that, she, that Yao Ming did for China mm-hmm. and put NBA on the map. And so, I, I don't know if we'll ever reach that goal. Who knows? But, but you know, that, that's probably a goal to have somebody. And, and, and with Sutton being drafted and, and MJO being in the G League, I mean, people need to realize how hard that is, how difficult that was to even get to that point. And people may look at, well, they didn't make it in the NBA or whatever, but there is such a small percentage of players that make it in the NBA in, in the U.S. I mean, a very, and these are great high school players, college players that are all Americans that never make it in the NBA. So what, what those two players have done is pretty miraculous, and we hope it's, it's going to go farther than that in some of these young boys that are four, three or four years in our academy with with some of the best coaching, and, and I'm not talking about myself, but just, just international coaches coming in to help them develop, um, you know, that's just going to give them a, a much greater chance. And again, I you know, I, I do my coaches academies for junior NBA, and I tell them how important these PE teachers are and these young, these young coaches that are coaching these young kids, because Emmett Paul... Singh didn't start playing basketball till he was 19 years old, and, it, and in four years he was starting center for the national team and my starting center and a really good player and he still, you know, played in Australia and he's one of the best players in India, and I tell him just think if he would have started when he was eight or nine years old, playing yeah. basketball and being coached, we'd probably be seeing him on TV right now in the mornings in India. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, and, and over the time. Uh, that you've sort of been with, uh, been connected to India, right, from maybe a half a dozen years or so ago. Uh, what what do you think you've seen that's changed the most in terms of Indian players' skills and you know their development and so on? So right from when you probably first set foot in India or sort of were aware of yeah. uh, what the opportunity was in India to right now. Well, I think a lot of the players <clears throat> are now believing in taking care of their bodies in a different way. Uh, not only with weightlifting and strength and conditioning, but nutrition has played a big part in that. And that's, again, something that we're going to emphasize at the academy. 
I think some of those players that were even with me back in the national team, we had the really good strength and conditioning coaches with us. I think not only were they lifting and getting stronger, but their mindset was changing. That This is really important and this, this really helps. And so I think those are some changes. And, you know, we can only expect things that you can control. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to get taller. They might get a little quicker. They might jump a little bit more. You know, I have every, every kid in India, you know, it seems like writes me and says, how can I improve my jump? You know, hmm. and so uh, I feel like telling them, well, you probably needed another set of mom and dad, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you, you can improve it a little bit. But, you know, you, you have to work on the things you can control. And um, and so those are the things, the strength and conditioning, the nutrition, and then just the, the running the, the right drills, practicing the right things. Um, improves them a lot and and so when they come to these camps and they're part of the academy or part of a national team you know they're given a lot of good not only offenses and defenses but player development drills that they can do on their own and if they really want to get better they're going to go back and i, I tell kids this all the time you know you're see, seeing kobe bryant lebron james and kd and all these guys on the court when there's 20,000 people there and millions watching them, but you don't see them when they're in the gym or out on the outdoor court alone with nobody watching mm. and putting all those hours in over and over, making those jump shots and working on that crossover move. And, you know, we don't see that, but, but these guys that are stars have spent hours and hours by themselves working on their game. So, I mean, Coach, where would you say um, that India as a national team system, or, or, or I shouldn't say national team, maybe just the elite level of players in India. Where do you think they are lacking or what should we be concerned about? What should we work, you know, I mean, as as observers of basketball, um, Kaushik and I have, of course, seen the fact that our, our, we don't have that much depth in the perimeter, you know, like Vishesh goes down and all of a sudden we look kind of like our, our offense looks really shaky. So would you say this, is that a starting point? Are there other things that you think about that that uh, as a country we should focus on on improving like specific skill sets in Indian prospects? Well, of course the injuries have made a big impact, like you say, not only mm -hmm. Vishesh, but we've had four or five go down. We're really mm -hmm. key players that you know pe people have to keep that in mind when they haven't done as well as we'd like them to. That some real key players are not there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think. Uh, to be honest with you, I think BFI has made a great move in bringing in a national coach that's going to be here for a while. I think consistency is important, uh, that the same players are playing together, they get to know each other, they're under the same system. And uh, I think that's going to make a huge difference. And if we get them healthy, I think, I think there's, the future can be bright from that standpoint. I think consistency of training and staying with the same system of play is, is important. Um, and just getting to know each other and then and then training enough um, and there's a fine line you know you don't want to overtrain but they need mm -hmm. to you know when we really improved uh, when I was here uh, is, is the year we were at JP Green's practicing and it was we had you know three or four training camps uh, and they were and they were good training camps because we were able to practice without distractions and uh, there are a lot of reasons why that kind of came together, but I think that was a big one, just that consistency of training, having the same guys together, and having a facility that, you know, really helped that cause. Well, and then in a similar vein, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that uh, you, you gave the example of Amritpal Singh, right, who hadn't really right. picked up a basketball until he was 18, 19. Um, 
and 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 we obviously at the NBA Academy now uh, we do, you you're doing a much better job getting these prospects when they're younger, 14, 15, you know. Right. What should uh, sort of coaches and scouts in the grassroots of India? You know, it's it's rare. Even the kids who make it to the academy are such a small percentage of India's sort of like gold mine of talent that's potentially out there. So, what right. should the these coaches and scouts that are in the hinterlands or small towns, etc., what should they need to what what do what should they worry about to make sure that like we don't have another Amritpal situation? Like guys like Amritpal are caught and molded at the right time, given the right training, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, what we're doing is kind of meshing together with junior NBA, our NBA schools, and the academy. So we're starting to identify some really good players, both boys and girls, at a young age through junior NBA, mm-hmm. and even through our you know our NBA schools is only in its second year, mm-hmm. and that's a the difference between that and junior NBA. That's a year-round program that the parents mm-hmm. are actually investing a little bit of, of money for their kids to be trained, and so we're starting to catch more like that. And we certainly, every time we go out, we preach to all of these PE teachers and these coaches to, you know, make sure you send us names. If there's a special young boy or girl in your school, we'd love to have their name. Even before they're ready for the academy, we can get them on our radar, on our list, and kind of keep track of them. And then when it's time, when they hit that 13, 14 years old, then they become a candidate. And we already have some like that. We have some... 10 to 12 year olds that are kind of on our radar. We we have them on a list and we're just kind of watching them. But in the meantime, you know, we're telling their local coaches to to spend time working on their skills. Um, you know, it's a player development thing. Don't worry about winning a game with a 2-3 zone. I'm just being honest here, you know. Let's mm-hmm. let's work on man-to-man defense. Let's work on individual skills rather than just only shooting three-pointers. Let's let's work on the ball handling and and that. So I know that's not foolproof and there are going to be some that slip through the cracks but I think between BFI and and uh, and some other organizations that are here in India and the NBA I, I think at least we're we're farther along much farther along we were you know four or five years ago uh, coach you obviously uh, you, you have a special place in your heart for the, the national team uh, wanted to know if you if you've been following their progress or, or struggles Uh, should I say over the past couple of years, and what what do you think uh, is going on with the team, and what what sort of advice might you have for the new incoming coach, Vesel and Matic? Yeah, you know, I, and I do. I, I'll always be a follower of uh, of India basketball, and I and I have pretty uh, regular contact with most of the players that I coach, uh, whether it be through this great thing called social media and technology, or or even in person. Now that I'm back in India, I've seen quite mm-hmm. a few of them. And we even bring some of them into our programs to help uh, with with junior NBA and the academy and, and those kind of things. But uh, yeah, you know, when, when we mentioned earlier, there there there's several factors. I think a, a big one is the injuries. You know, you you don't take Bashesh and Amrit Paul and and, and Arvind and uh, there were a few other guys hurt that and just pull them out and think you're going to be the same team. I think mm-hmm. you know that's played a part in it. And I, and I don't know if we can do, you know, a better job in keeping people healthy. You know, we all know the conditions that they play in many times, you know, in outdoor courts and those that are a little bit harder on the body. And so I don't know if there's anything around we can do about that, except, you know, India trying to build some more indoor courts. But um, that's part of it. I think the consistency of, of, of a coach plays into that. And I'm not even criticizing any of the coaches that have coached them. That's, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just saying when you keep changing, um, 
you know, that, that's difficult to keep starting over over again. And again, I commend BFI right now for the hiring of, of these, these coaches for the senior national teams. Um, I think I think they saw that too. And so there, there's going to be a, a, consistency, a consistency with one coach being here, you know, over a year's time or, or more. Um, and then, you know, the, the players need to do more on their own because you're not with, you know, in a national team, it's not like a college program or even an NBA team where you're together all the time when they keep leaving and coming back. And that, that was something that I was a little frustrated with even when I was here, when we'd get them in top shape and they'd be lifting and, and their cardio was great. And then they'd go back home and some of them wouldn't be keeping up that regiment and they'd come back then out of shape again. And, and even not only out of shape, but, you know, they hadn't been really working on their skills. Now, some go go back and they're religious about it. I mean, they do it a lot. But, you know, there's still young men that sometimes are, need a little more discipline. And when they go home, when nobody's standing over them and telling them what to do, they, they take it easy. So, so those are some factors, I think, that have probably led to, you know, less success here recently. Um, Coach, let's talk about something more successful, like your, such as your very golden era coaching team India um, and you had so many great moments right like you won the Lusophonia games you basically led us to beating China for the first time since basketball started uh, those are Amjot's words by the way when we interviewed Amjot he, he, yeah. he was so pumped up after this win he was like we have beaten them from the first time since basketball began so <laughs> that's sort of been our, uh, our like inside jokes since that happened yeah. Um, yeah, prehistoric days the first time. prehistoric days exactly so, um, but okay, so, so I mean, we could go on and on, about, and, I, and I've written about this, we've talked about this, about like your sort of um, on-court talk moments, but I, I sort of, and I, I should have prepared you for this, but you know, it might be funnier just to get, get you, catch you off guard. What would yeah. you say is the best sort of moment that nobody saw or nobody heard about, like an off-court moment, locker room moment, something while you're traveling with the national team that, that was the most memorable one for you? Or, or is, is there more than one? Is this like a trend or something? Oh yeah, there's a lot. I mean... I've shared this before, but probably the highest moment I had as the national coach here was 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 after we beat China, mm. and the, and we were in the lo- we were in the hotel afterwards in the lobbies and in just Wuhan. watching watching our yeah in Wuhan and watching our guys <clears throat> walk around those lobbies where their head, heads held high mm. and getting respect from everyone and feeling I think for a lot of them for the first time that India belongs and if, when you play India you better come to play. Yeah. And, and I think that, I mean, I, I know there's been some teams better way back, but in recent years before that, <clears throat> we hadn't done very well, including my first round of, you know, when I first came. And I think that was something that sticks out in my mind, where they just could be very proud and walk around those lobbies with that chin held high, knowing that they have respect as, as international players. You know, that's one that stands out in my mind. Uh, of course, go ahead. Oh no! I was going to add to that. I, I think I think their uh, the emotions were even especially high because this was the day after uh, Amjot and Amritpal were stopped from entering the Japan game because of their uh, turban because of the long hair. Oh, sorry, because of the turbans. Yes, and I remember I was there and we spoke about it basically the night after, and you were very emotionally on your player's side. So I think I, I have a feeling that you know, I mean, obviously there's a whole tactical thing that goes behind it, but I I feel a part of their big win was was the fact that they really wanted to show the world that you know 
or, or prove like the world wrong about what the stereotypes they yeah. might have about them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that that's probably another one I would share. That was before the game. Of course, you know, what led up to that <coughs> was when we first arrived in Wuhan, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> sorry, um, we, you know, we were told that there might be a problem with them wearing their uh, turbans. And yes. so I actually had my assistant coach, Prasad, go and make sure everything was okay. And he came back, said, hey, they're not going to let them wear them. I'm saying, you're kidding mm-hmm. me. So I met, I met with a technical director at the tournament and we went back and forth. You know, I, you know, this is their, this is their religion. This has been going on for 80 years. Uh, there's nothing but cloth. It's not going to hurt anybody. I, and I gave him every mm-hmm. thing I could think of for, to, to, to let them do it. And he said no, and and this discussion went on and on. Finally, it came the day before the game. I went after him again to try to get it changed, and he finally said, "Okay, we'll we'll let him we'll let him wear them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I guess it's okay." Mm-hmm. And then it came game day, and uh, I think everything's fine. And I hadn't said anything to either of these guys because yeah. I didn't want to get in their psyche or yeah or yeah before there was a reason to, and so. Um, Five minutes before the game, this technical director, as well as the head referee, came up and said, "No, they can't wear the turbans." And yeah. so we went at it again. I'm, I'll tell you, it was—it wasn't pretty. It was not a fun conversation. Yeah. And and they finally wouldn't wouldn't give in. And so here, a couple minutes before the game, I had to go over and tell these guys. Now, the last thing I wanted to do right before the game is tell them this. Mm-hmm. And 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 I said, "Listen to me. I just want you to know that this has happened." They're saying you can't wear your turbans, and if you don't want to play, I fully understand. No one's going to hold that against you. I know this is a deep-rooted thing, and 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 I don't want to put any pressure on you at all. And both of them, almost like in sequence, said, "Coach, for you and for our nation, we'll take them off." And so, you know, they went back into the locker room, and you kind of know what happened. Now the game started yeah. with Japan. Uh, I think Amjot even came out one time, and they didn't like what he had, and sent him back yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. And so by the time they came in, it was about halfway through the second quarter, or something like that, and we just got behind and never kind of caught up. And and something like that, like you're saying, can either really destroy a team, or or hurt your team, or it can make you stronger. And and that's what it did. I mean, it kind of fired everybody up, including me. And, yeah, and all yeah. the, and we're you know we're going to prove them wrong and they, you know they've taken this away from us but they can't take our play and all the hard work we put in you yeah. know to do this and and I think you know there are a lot of tactical things you can talk about and making shots and playing defense and all that but that was a big factor I think was a big motivating factor in that next day going out and beating China on their own court. And I remember because now I'm really getting like really good memories back of Wuhan again as you talk about it. Um, they were after we beat China. Just the Indian team really became the talk of the tournament among all the other journalists showed up, all the other players, all the other fans. They were just so curious, like what 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 has just hit the world? You know, like where have these guys come from? Um, yeah. And and I mean the China game is the one that's remembered, but I think we were really strong throughout the whole tournament. And even the first game yeah. against Japan, like if it, it, the you know obviously when you lose your two best players, you're gonna be a bit. Disoriented it to start the game, right? I think we could have won that game too if, if like it had sort of begun the way we wanted to. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like you know, my a lot of people talk about the China game, and I certainly, um, you know, that's a special memory. But to, for a coach, 
probably the, the biggest thing stands out in my mind. We were competitive with every team there. Yes. And, yeah. and, and we should have won a few more games. I mean, yes. I, I wish we could have got over a hump. And, you know, we were up on Iran and we, we almost beat the Philippines. And, yeah. And, and we won some other games, but we, we could have won a few more signature games against some, some of the top teams. And, and a lot of the guys and I, you know, we talk about it. If, it was, if, they, if I maybe had been there one more year, we came back that next year. And they did pretty well the next year as well. Yeah, we beat China again right, uh, at right. the next FIBA Asia Cup. Yeah, but we almost needed maybe another year to to just finish the the deal, and and through circumstances it didn't happen. But but I feel like at that point, win or lose, every team that played us knew they were in for a dogfight. I mean, we, yeah. we were we were competitive with with everybody at that mm. point. Yeah, and that was that was special for a for a coach to know that that you've got a chance at every game, and a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of emotions go into it, but I think. When I first came in, we were very poor defensively, um, and just for whatever reasons, and we worked really hard at that, and it, it went from our weakness to our strength. Mm-hmm. And I and I told them over and over that if you can play defense and you can rebound the basketball, you'll have a chance in every game. And even the game we beat China, we 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 didn't shoot it great. We probably yep. turned it over too much, but we could defend. We defended them, and and then and that gives you a chance to make some big shots at the end, which happened. So. When um, Vishesh had that alley-oop dunk to Amjot, right. uh, like until that point, I was pretending to be an unbiased journalist on the <laughs> on the court. I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna get excited. This is like, I, I, you know, I, I'd seen Indian basketball like sort of let me down too often in the past for me to like get. But when that happened, I was on my feet. I was losing it. So it must I, I can't even imagine what must have been going through your head on, on the sidelines. Well, you know, you you go over those things in practice over and over never know when you're going to use them yeah and they went to a zone mm. which was really interesting at that point toward the end of the game they'd been playing man to man and they went to a zone we had a timeout and i feel like we needed you know some kind of play to to get the momentum and i thought okay let them run zone we're going to run yeah. that backdoor lob play against them and fortunately bishesh threw a great pass and amjo you know put it down and and that wasn't the only play, but it was a it was a big one as far as momentum goes. Yeah. Uh, Coach, uh, a bit of a cliched question to wrap this up before we let you go. Um, if if you if you were a betting man, um, when do you think India will get their first NBA player? <laughs> I, I know you ask this all the time, Coach, but yeah, we have yeah. to do it. We have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it kind of depends. Now, I feel like now with the academy in place, um, there's going to be a, a, a faster growth of, of, of talent, um, you know, those that are really good. We'll, we'll see. You know, we've got a couple of young players that, you know, if, if they keep getting better, it might happen. So, I mean, I don't see it happening. I mean, we've got a really good player. Uh, in, in principle, saying that's down at the Australia Academy yep. right now. Um, that's one of the best young players coming up. He's he's six ten. He's very athletic. Runs the floor. He still needs to improve. He's not ready for the NBA yet. But let's see how you know how he comes along. Um, I think he's got a chance. He definitely has a chance to play professional basketball, and maybe at the G League level. And then who knows from there? Uh, there's a few other younger players that you know it's just kind of a wait and see. So. You know, it, it, it could be five years, could be ten years, it could be three years. I, you know, it's just it's just hard to know because, you know, I have enough times where kids that I didn't recruit in college in the U.S. ended up being really good NBA players, and I didn't mm-hmm. think, you know, I had one star, Kevin Martin, who was here and visited, 
um, and was around the hoop and, and did some things with Junior NBA here this last year for us. He, his, his coach called me and said, I got a player for you. And he came in and, and, and practiced in our gym, played against some of my college players when I was in the U.S. And he was really skinny. Uh, you know, just he was a good player, but he wasn't even close to being the best player in the gym. And so I was trying to decide whether I wanted to recruit him or not. And everybody missed on him, just long story short. Uh, one Division One school, Western Carolina, recruited him. And three years later, uh, he was a number one draft pick. I mean, he was in the first round. And he ended up playing uh, 12 years in the NBA. And if, if, you, if you know your trivia, he was actually the one traded uh, for um, uh, James, James Harden. Hey, thank you, James Harden. And so, um, you know, that was where, you know, there's no perfect science to that. And every college coach just about missed on him. And so there's some guys like that right now that, you know, I'd be slow to say, well, this is where they're going to end up. Uh, I know some of the ones that won't go anywhere, <laughs> <Don't mention> any <laughs> <of those. laughs> but, but, but there are some that, you know, it's kind of a wait and see. And we have, we have several players like that. Uh, yeah. When I asked this question, coach, I, di- I didn't really think I'd get a committal answer. Uh, but I got yeah. more, more than more than I thought I would. So <laughs> thanks for that. And yeah, well, I do have some thoughts on it, but I'm not a, not an exact year. So huh. that's that's fair. That's fair enough. Um, I, I guess the last question that uh, before we let you go, coach, um, is what do you think the academy is focusing on at probably like the gla- grassroots level, or maybe a little bit um, you know higher than that? The the two two or three main things that the academy wants to focus on. To achieve that goal of you know sending Indian players to the NBA or putting as many players as possible in in sort of the best situations for themselves. Yeah, so like I said, it, it's a holistic approach, and I think that's the best way to develop an, an NBA players. Um, NBA teams now, and I've been on that side of it, are really looking not just for talent but for character and for guys that are going to fit and guys that are going to uh, you know they can be proud of in their cities and to, uh, and to represent their team. And so we're trying to do that. We, we obviously are, we, we're working with guys every day. We emphasize player development. Um, you know, we, we, we play a lot of games. We have some leagues up there that we play in, and we're, gonna, we're going to the U.S. in July to play in the academy games, and we're going to play some other games as well. And everybody likes to win, but that's, you know, this is the first time in a coaching situation where winning isn't the most important thing. And, and I'm, as, I'm as competitive as they come, and I love to win and I hate to lose. But right now, we're focusing on individual skills and making these players better um, from a player's development standpoint. So every day, they're going to be working on skills in small groups individually. Yeah, we're still going to do some team things, but a lot of it is, is built on seeing where they are and, and really breaking down the positions uh, and, and making sure that some of our big men are, are, are not just stuck inside. That they can, you know, you know how the game has gone now. That they can step out and shoot threes, and they can put the ball on the floor, and um, and that they can, you know, that they can play man-to-man defense. If if they if they get to a higher level and they don't know how to play defense, it's they're going to struggle on making any teams. Yeah. And so, but you know, that's that's the basketball side of it. They're going to be trained every day, all year long. But again, we're we're trying to get them to be good students so that they are capable of going to college. Because if they can get to a U.S. college, that's just going to give them even a better chance to go to the NBA or, or go pro. Because not only are, are, are they developing further, but they're being exposed to, to all these coaches. And, um, and so 
you know, that's why we're working on the academic part of it. And in, and for me, I, I just I like making a difference in the lives of, of, of people. And you know, it goes. You know, I love to coach, and I love all the X's and O's. But you know, I'm, every day I'm going to try to help somebody move along in their life and try to make a difference in their life. And they make a difference in me. This is why I do yeah. this. You know, I, I I hardly go through one day without hearing from a former player, whether it's NBA or my college players or Indian players, whether it's a uh, you know, an Instagram message or, or a Skype or, or an email or a phone call or a WhatsApp, whatever. I, I hardly get through a day. And, mm-hmm. and that's what really makes this all worth it for me. Again, I, I've coached a lot of games, but now I'm over, I don't know, probably five or 600 players that I've coached. And, and I love to catch up with. I just had a guy call me yesterday out of the blue from Norway. He was a seven footer that I had in college. And he, he, he Skyped me yesterday and we talked for a while and those wow. those make it all worth it. So I know that's a long answer to your question, but <laughs> we're trying we're trying to we're trying to help them in a holistic way. And I think that'll give them the best chance to, to get to the NBA. Coach, thank you so much for your time and I mean first of all, thank you so much for coming back to India and like continuing your relationship with India. It's it's awesome to have you back and uh, you know you, uh, for like sort of with us this this morning for you really like take, taking a trip down memory lane but also uh, for the optimism you show for the future of Indian basketball um, uh, when you come back to India please let me know and we'll go have the best butter chicken in Delhi that's really the top of my priority list at this point <laughs> you, you've got it you will. and let me just say this you know I've known Kron I've known you for a while and both of you and well along with Gopal and some others that I admire you so much for through the thick and the thin and whatever's happening, you're you're staying with promoting India basketball, and you've been you've been as much or more a part of growing the game as anybody in India to keep be making people aware and and following it. And so I I really commend you guys for for what you do. We do our best, coach, and we do our best to stay optimistic as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much again, Coach. Uh, it's great, great speaking to you again, and good luck with everything. All right, thank you, guys. Right. Bye. So I want to thank Coach Scott Fleming for coming back, doing full circle to where it all began for us on Hoop Darshan, um, and just really, uh, you know, as as I said to him in the end, you know, it was a bit of both. It was a bit of the past, a bit of the present, a bit of the future. It was a bit of all those things. Um, and uh, just again, a, a wonderful person to talk to, and I'm so happy that he's in, he's involved with India basketball again. Oh yeah, it's 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 amazing. Like uh, as you said towards the end of the interview, Karan, the the optimism that he shows, and like the sort of purpose with which he goes about anything, you know, his work or his words, whatever it is. Uh, it's it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to, uh, and I, I can't be happier that you know. That someone of his stature is is running that academy, and yes, yeah, it's it's the best thing for those kids there, uh, and I hope we see more and more successful kids, you know, become basketball players, become, um, you know, stars, and maybe maybe you know we get that NBA player or players sooner than mm-hmm. uh, sooner than uh, any one of us thinks is possible. And it's something that I I now wish I had said to him, but like it crossed my mind, but. Uh, I hope he listens this far after <laughs> in the podcast <laughs> because um, uh, uh, so many of Indian basketball male players, the, the men's team that that have been part of his system mm-hmm. when he was coaching, who we have interviewed 
I have interviewed personally or we have interviewed on the podcast since and we bring him up and they they gush about him you yeah, know yeah, so it's yeah. like and that's how you, that's how you know that someone has left a positive influence even if they don't become you know asia winners or nba players i you know, it's a positive change in their you know in the character which i think is super important yeah 100% 100% um so before we we wrap up this episode kern um so obviously as you mentioned earlier on it's the 14th of may which means we are at this crucial point in the nba season we have to we have to speak about the nba before we go right so of course we do um, yeah yeah uh, and we're at this crucial point where the conference finals begins in less than 12 hours so it's the next morning for me it's also the next morning for you so i don't know why i said that well, uh, may i may, may i say there's something even more important happening in my life before is, the next 12 hours is it the zion it's a, stakes it's the nba draft lottery so like by the time this is heard i'm sure that you know we'd be a couple of days later so i will i would either be it, it basically you, you don't see me it, it probably means i'm so happy that i'm, I'm in the cloud somewhere uh, <laughs> but if you see me tweeting it probably means that we lost the lottery I mean I mean we I mean the New York Knicks. So uh <laughs> uh yeah what, it's What about the scenario where maybe you get the first pick but then you sort of trade it away for something? Would that make you happy? Not really. Like I I've heard the rumors of the first pick for uh, Anthony Davis which yeah. would essentially be Zion plus some. But it's like I don't want to risk one year of Anthony Davis. For, you know what I mean for somebody like Zion. I know AD is probably a better win now thing or sure. but yeah. i i like the idea of I, i and it's a risky thing cuz you zion yes he, maybe he doesn't work out even though that's unlikely um mm-hmm. whereas anthony davis is a sure shot guy yeah uh i would rather i i would just rather roll the dice with zion it's been so long since the knicks have had a homegrown guy that has done really well <coughs> pursing <coughs> <laughs> but like uh, you know yes uh just want to say it's i Yeah, Zion. Let's go. Let's go get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh I think I think you might die of elation if uh, if the Knicks win the lottery tomorrow. Um yeah, but the lottery is it's the future uh, and we'll talk about that. We'll have many more. But Koshik, what if the Lakers with the lottery? I'm sorry. That's also in the cards. Yeah, look at at the moment the 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 way things are unfolding, I don't think we deserve to be um <laughs> a, a, anywhere near anything good happening. So Um, Did you see the the uh, protests in front of the Staples Center? They're really sad. It's such a uh, joke. It's such a joke. Um, <laughs> just, I loved days, it. A few it was days a joke, ago, but I loved it. I, a few days ago, I said we were like the West Coast Knicks, but I think that might be too much. Uh, that might be too no, much. No, no. See, you guys won a a championship like less than a decade ago. You know, and uh, not just one. You won five championships in the last decade. Last decade. So. you know that's it's awesome you you have one of the greatest players of all time that's fair. for you that's fair and you, yeah oh and i mean i was talking about kobe and now lebron too so you know you yeah there's not as much to complain but i get it it's it's not about being bad it's about being incompetent you know there's a difference you exactly. can be a you can be a team that is going through its rebuilding phase and you are mm-hmm. terrible and it's annoying yeah but when you are just when when it's annoying in the manner of like you're sending blind carbon copies to your gm about talking shit about him like it's just <laughs> the incompetence is it's off the hook right now yeah 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 uh, and and uh, it they're just like doing things at a rate where like you know all, all of the things that we make fun of dolan and the nicks uh it's just like going along that path i think and yes we do yeah. have lebron right now yes it could all change if like kawai signs with us and you know a few few other things go away but um it's lakers which we just not had a good last month i think 
Uh, I would say a good year, but anyways. <laughs> speaking of our son Kawhi, yeah. our, our 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 firstborn. You know, our, you know how in Game of Thrones, Daenerys has three dragons. Kawhi is our firstborn dragon. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably secondborn because like Rubio was the first. But oh, that's true. Rubio is yes. Yeah. Rubio is actually still my heart. Yeah. Uh, even though he's terrible at most things, <laughs> but but Kawhi isn't. Kawhi is incredible. He's probably been the player of the playoffs, I guess. Um, what a shot. I I think I, I like the shot even more than the Damian Lillard one, and that's saying something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and people sort of rationalized the Damian Lillard thing as they were up three one and wasn't really like, um, yeah, like he didn't have much to lose if that didn't go in, you know. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. But this is like this is stuff that people sort of dream about. Game seven going down to the abs- absolute but, end, oh and yeah. uh, I guess I guess. Technically, it could have been better if they were like down one and this shot yes. uh, yeah, made yeah, them yeah. win it. But uh, I feel and like, I feel like we're asking for too much now. Yeah, yeah. There was a, it was not, it was a, not a like analytically driven shot, uh, which uh, over well defended by Embiid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and especially those, you know, those two or three different bounces that it took before it's going in. Four bounces. It, Four bounces. It's amazing. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Um, yeah, Kawhi's been incredible throughout the playoffs, and he's playing at a level that, um, that I guess like we all knew he was capable of, but we hadn't seen it because of that weird, strange year in San Antonio that he had before this. Uh, but yeah, how, I'll, how I'll be honest, like I'm still, and you know, like the year before, mm-hmm. uh, when before Zaza Zazad him, yeah, and her, like he had a really good year that year too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he was like like a sneaky MVP pick that year. Yeah. But but I'm even then I'm shocked at his offensive sort of outbursts. Like I never thought it's it's weird to think of Kawhi as he's actually played he played this last game like Kobe would have. You know like you, yeah. your team is letting you down you you have to take a lot of shots mm-hmm. but you don't care. You're doing whatever it takes on both ends of the floor to just win. Like it's it's it was uh, I was on um our good friends Ball is Bay podcast the other day yeah. who uh, they all they're all about the NBA. And uh, I, I sort of, uh, I, I, I said that Kawhi was basically the anti-Harden, and in the sense, and I'll explain why. Like he's anti, like the analytical rules. He will just do. It was just a lot more, like I will do whatever it takes in the situation to win, instead yeah. of like going with the. It's very like the team old structure. school in the way we think of superstars yeah. and you know taking over games and everything. So, yeah, uh, it was yeah. very Kobe. Yeah, it was very Kobe. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen between. Um, Kawhi and Giannis, which it's is gonna like, be amazing. Which it's is amazing. amazing. It, it, it's it's like nobody can lose uh, except yeah. maybe the one who actually loses the series. <laughs> but um, just as a fan, like I don't think there's too many people who are like anti Kawhi or anti Giannis. Maybe Spurs fans, but Spurs fans uh, are anti. Yeah. And uh, I guess like hardcore Harden fans who want him to win MVP are gonna be anti Giannis. <laughs> but even then, they won't be. I think the only anti Giannis people are the ones who can't pronounce his name. And then they're like, why is your name so long? Yeah, I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People who want like Johns and Jacks in the league, and nobody exactly. else. Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, it's it's like uh, I mean, I see Yanis and Kawhi. This is like King Kong meets Godzilla. You know, like it's yeah, it's just exactly. gonna be a clash of the titans. Uh, I'm, of course, the rest of the teams are important. Sure, blah blah blah. But yeah, yeah. Siakam, I'm, I'm, Middleton. We're talking yeah. like we're going down a few levels there. Yeah, yeah. I, I so. I I don't know if where you think I mean I would I I actually feel that the Raptors the rest of the Raptors mm-hmm. are way better than they showed in this last series. 
Yeah. Uh, they're actually a very good team. And I was really shocked by how poorly they played, uh, the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, so, I would credit the Sixers uh, on that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They played a lot better than any one of us thought they would. Like, they came together more quickly than uh, than I guess I, I expected them to, to do so. Uh, yeah. Especially the fact that, you know, they took Game 7 on the road to literally the last position. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And, and like, if you think about it, like, they could have played a lot better themselves as well if they had more yes. time to sort of figure out who they are and everything. Uh, they made so many dumb errors in the end of that game too. So yeah. it was... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, do, do you have a pick? Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So I say that to say that even though the Bucks on paper have really been... Mm-hmm. Like not analytically, they've been perfect. They've been one of the best offensive team and defensive teams on both the regular season and the playoffs. Like they're a rare team that their playoff performance has is barely changed from the regular season. Yeah, and and I add that to the extra rarity in the fact that they're a young team led by a guy who's never been the mm-hmm. favorite before. Yeah, and normally I, I don't know if we talked about this the last time. Normally the guy who's the favorite usually has that one first time where they were like. Yeah. He underperforms. The, the the pressure of the playoffs is too much for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so far, we haven't seen that from Giannis, which is impressive. Um, but I say that to say, I think this is where it ends. I think this is where the Raptors and Kawhi will sort of... I'm not saying it'll be easy. I, I actually feel it'll go seven, and I, I'm picking the Raptors to win the series. Wow. Well, uh, I think, um, like, it's literally a hair's difference between both these teams. Um, the this, this superstar battle is something that I'm, like, super keen to watch. Um, and if you think about like some of the role players who are on th- on these teams as well, like it it can be like pretty even Stevens and like really matched out. They're both really good defensive teams. They're both um, like this driven by this like phenomenal single superstar. Um, yeah. But I think like I, I I've been super impressed with the way the Bucks have been mm. you know throughout this postseason. Like like you, I thought that um, you know their lack of playoff experience really like if you look at that. Um, look at that squad, except for like Pau Gasol, who's like half dead anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, nobody's got like real playoff experience. Maybe George Hill to an extent, but uh, it, it's it's a relatively young squad. And and you're right that I I think most of these players and squads they they sort of have to go through this like one sort of rough loss. And I think Sixers might be going through this right now mm. um, before they sort of come back and win. Uh, but at the same time, like I thought that would happen against the Celtics, because Celtics is full of, uh, you know, players who've um, who've achieved who've something the, at the uh, at the playoff level. And I thought, well, that especially after they won the first game, to for Milwaukee to take that loss and then win four, it, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, but then like they went to Boston and just like completely yeah. destroyed them, uh, yeah. and they're playing at this like mental level that's that's sort of unimaginable for a team of this kind of makeup. So. Uh, I actually think that they they're they're operating at like a crazy level that um, that I think is is like the marginal advantage that they have to make them go through. So um, yeah, I, I'm not going to be surprised if Toronto win it um, in six or seven, but at the same time, I think it might be um, the Bucks winning in six or seven. Um, well, before we move west, I just want to add. You mentioned Paul Gasol. It would have been amazing if he was healthy because we would have gotten a Gasol and Gasol conference final. On top of the Curry and Curry conference finals? Yeah, I would have been way more hyped about the Gasol and Gasol. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, but yeah, let, let's talk about let's talk about the West. Um, on on a scale of like burnt chicken in a butter chicken to to like um, I guess like saltless butter chicken. 
um how how disappointed were you in the fact that Houston did not grab like the perfect opportunity given to them so Kevin Durant was injured so even even before that even before that like they played a good game 1 and 2 but yep. they just like didn't didn't do it when it counted yeah and i thought they'd just like just die and you know lose one of the one of their home games and then just like and they didn't yeah and they didn't so kudos to them to sort of come back and make it 2-2 but literally the best thing that could have happened happened in like game 5 for them um mm. Kevin Durant's injury and like Steph Curry playing a shit game and Curry was playing until okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was that bad yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he was like historically bad by his standards yeah. at least and um and like they just didn't do it and and they went back home they had an opportunity to make it uh yeah it's just like it feels like i don't even like necessarily like the rockets or support them but i just feel let down by their performance you know like for all the shit that they spoke last year about how if chris paul wasn't there they would have probably won and they like pushed the warriors to their limit and everything but uh yeah i, I felt like massively let down by what houston showed yeah. in the last couple of games so i have i have three things about the rockets mhm i'll try to keep them quick <laughs> <laughs> I think I think or not about the rock about this series. I yep. think one is that um and, th- and we all know this like whether people who love the rockets or hate the rockets I think you have to admit they they just spend too much of, of the energy complaining and like sort of victimizing themselves. Yeah. You know yep. I mean I, I get it playing against the warriors is unfair. The whole NBA knows this. Yeah. And and the rockets to give them credit have given the warriors the toughest competition over the last two years than the, than this team would ever face, you know. So yep. I do give them credit for that. but i think at some point they hurt themselves by their own sort of victimizing because they end up they walk into every game thinking that if they lose they there must be an excuse to why they lost as compared to yeah. the fact that the opposing team was just better or or they or the ball bounced you know mm-hmm. these games were all very close or most of them you know it's not like yeah. uh it's not like anyone was dominated it happens in basketball that sometimes you lose yeah. so i think that's one the second thing is that like i have you know the whole obsession of this mori ball the antoni and harden so th- this is the the backbone right of mm-hmm. the of the way their offense runs yep. the obsession with analytics and it, it's great analytics obviously works uh, otherwise rockets won't even be in the conversation of uh, with the with the warriors but i have a, so I, i compare it to you know being you know for example playing in la liga versus playing in the champions league i think la liga is a regular season where you play most of the time you you won't play a quality team you play mediocre to bad teams and so your formulas work and your you can just chug along with the thing and teams aren't as motivated to win every game every game i mean sure it is at some point but it's not a do or die every game you know like the, the whole cliche of football that every game is a final mm-hmm. i think that cliche comes in the playoffs which is then the champions league knockout equivalent right yeah where so that's why there's such a difference between teams who are successful in league sometimes and teams who are successful in the knockouts and i think that's where the analytic thing should be used but also not be like the rockets never had a plan b they never had like okay if we if 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 our three pointers don't go in as they did last year or if harden can't get to the basket for some reason or you know like what else can we do against these warriors um i think that's that's where you go wrong i think uh, i think like these are all analytics work well in machines but these are all human beings and they have they have like emotional reactions to the game and they have moments where they either doubt themselves or are confident with themselves and what we saw this bring me to my third point what we saw with Steph Curry in those last two games because he was ba- basically 
for the first half of both games 5 and 6 he was almost uh, he might as well not be playing he was in foul trouble and his shot wasn't going in yeah and i think he really showed the heart of a champion he, he really showed that that he is like you can't forget about him you know durant has been dominating but so i i would like to take credit i actually uh, predicted after game 5 that the warriors will actually win game 6 on the road i, I saw that. that i saw that tweet I, uh, probably in response to like jonathan or something maybe in uh, response to akshay yeah. um and my reasoning to, of this was very simple i actually think i might be in the minority of this mm-hmm. but i think steph curry is a better better big game player than james harden i i, I don't think curry can have a kind of offensive season harden had although he came very close in his second mvp season yeah i just think in my opinion curry is a, a better overall player yeah um, yeah, yeah you're not so, going to get disagreement from me on that uh, and the only thing like i agree with like everything that you said even as like a as a as a person who sort of like lives and works in analytics and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like who, who who like i guess is supposed to follow yeah mori <laughs> ball this outcome <laughs> uh it's just like not my brand of analytics i guess um mm-hmm. like there's there can be a bit more nuance to it which uh which just didn't happen and and i think like um, in a way in, in a way it's probably a good thing that like the durant injury happened because we saw the warriors go back a little bit to what sort of made them special yeah. before that like they they tended to lean on durant a lot in the last couple of years especially in like when it mattered um yeah. and And, and just Golden State has so much talent and so much skill that when that didn't happen, you saw them go back to like what made them special, and like that's that's hard. Like y- you can't. And they're kind. And they're kind of fun now because you you yeah. can't. It's not a foregone conclusion, you know. Like like yeah, even yeah, to yeah. the Portland series, I, I guess this can extend as a preview in a way. Yeah. I mean, I'm betting that even if Durant doesn't play this series, Warriors will probably win this in six. I would say. Yeah, I'm gonna But, say five or six as well because like if if you look at what. If you look at what Portland is like, Lillard is basically like he's he's amazing, but he's like Steph Curry is a better version of Lillard, and Clay Thompson is a better version of CJ. Oh, so, so I call them the the diet splash. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's uh, and and so they um and, uh, and the one I, I, I'll give has, it credit. One team I got has, this from uh, Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green. The other one has like Enes Kanter and Moe Harkless. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to be surprised if this ends like in five or six. Uh, but so at the same time, I'll give credit to uh, Paulus Bay for the diet splash moniker. I really like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're completely right. It's so. But my, but my point being that it's still not. If Durant was playing, this series would have been damn near. I'm not saying unwatchable, but it would have been yeah. very like um, you know what's going to happen. But I think but now at least there's some like Portland will have this whole that they have the hope now that everyone's counting us out. Yes, I won't be surprised if Portland steal game games one or two. The Warriors are the type of team that takes. They have to be woken up to take game team seriously. True. So, um, yeah, uh, my prediction is Warriors in six here, and mm-hmm. then uh, Raptors in seven. I would say. Yeah. And and let me just extend. If Durant doesn't come back for some reason, mm-hmm. just saying, Durant doesn't come back. I am predicting the Eastern Conference team wins the championship. Yeah. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not beyond like the scope of happening. Uh, but you know, a lot can happen. Um, yeah. I mean, in the meanwhile. And Boogie is supposedly like closer to return than yeah, so, Boogie. Um, yeah, imagine that Boogie Cousins NBA Finals key player. Oh, uh, so happy. Yeah, I think yeah. you might die like for the second time in a month. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we'll we'll definitely speak before that. Um, yeah, the second round definitely lived up to the hype, and it's probably one of the better second rounds we've had in in years. Um, no and, doubt. 
and yeah hopefully the uh, the conference finals lives up to that too and like for for the last you know two or three weeks more before like our life becomes a bit pointless after the playoffs end uh, let's let's enjoy it to the most um, that we can for sure koshik uh it was awesome talking to you again and uh, we will probably catch up now i guess before the finals i think that should be our next aim like we'll we'll be there to give you guys a long preview of the finals i think so i think that makes perfect sense uh, and uh, for all of you guys who tuned in to listen to us again thanks so much for uh, for consistently sort of listening to us and uh, hope you enjoyed coach scott fleming uh, always a pleasure to talk to and i hope it's always a pleasure for you guys to sort of listen to as well um if you want to hit us up on twitter current is at hoopistani and i'm at underscore koshik7 the podcast is at hoopdarshan it's also available on uh, podcast so podbean facebook soundcloud itunes bunch of different places so uh, hit, hit us up if you have any questions we're more than happy to like answer and shout you out uh, but until next time #indiabasketball